welcome to Miss Checkpoints, the video game book club podcast. Today we're discussing, finally, Beautiful Joe. I'm your host, Marcus, and joining me today, as always, are the homies. First up, we got Dante. It's good. What's up, man? Next, we got Trevor. What's going on? It's going pretty good. Excited to talk about this game. And uh, last but not least, we got the homie Greg. What's going on? I'm ready. <laughs> So I think I mentioned this before, but uh, this game, uh, way back when, uh, in the summer of 2017, I guess when we were starting up this thing, this was a game that I had on my radar, a game that I had played, uh, I don't know, many times, not never to completion, but a game that I was pretty familiar with, and I was like, as soon as I find my copy of it, then we, I'm throwing it on a list, and... I don't know what happened with my copy, so um, it took four years for me to, I never found it, so I just bought it on eBay, so here we are, so uh, this is my game for the month of August, we're a little late, bear with us, but I'm going to kick it, kick us off, I got a long introduction, pretty thorough, but uh, you know, you're in for a treat. Um, Beautiful Joe is a side-scrolling beat-em-up developed by design staff Team Beautiful, a part of Capcom Production Studio 4, and is yet another game among the infamous Capcom 5. Uh, For those unfamiliar, the Capcom 5 were five games unveiled by Capcom in late 2002 with the goal of boosting hardware sales and showing off third-party developer support for the Nintendo GameCube, which at the time had failed to capture a significant market share. Um, Try not to butcher these names, but uh, Shinji Mikami... The director of Resident Evil oversaw the project and, as the general manager of Capcom Production Studio 4, offered the studio's support. The games they were to develop were Dead Phoenix, a shoot-em-up, PNO3, a futuristic third-person shooter, Resident Evil 4, a survival horror third-person shooter, Killer7, which is a game that we've covered, um, a uh, action-adventure game with first-person shooter elements, and Beautiful Joe, a side-scrolling action platformer. Ultimately, Dead Phoenix was canceled. PNO3 was a critical and commercial failure. Resident Evil 3 went on to become one of the most influential and greatest games of all time. Killer7 launched the career of Suda51, and Beautiful Joe had a brief run before fading into oblivion, only to occasionally be dusted off to appear as a character or costume in Capcom's fighting games. I'm not salty about that. Uh, Beautiful Joe was directed by Hideki Kamaya, um, and his credits, like, it, it was crazy going into the background of this because Capcom, they, they, they talent, just talent. Uh, so Hideki Kamaya includes, uh, his credits include planning of Resident Evil 1. He was the director of Resident Evil 2 and Devil May Cry. He was director of the entire Beautiful Joe series. Go, go, ahead, and say, go ahead and say it out loud, Dante. Sorry, it's Kamiya. Kamiya, thank you. I, I'm, yes, thank you. Um, he directed Okami, and he directed Bayonetta. And uh, Beautiful Joe was produced by Atsushi Inaba. Uh, his credits include programming Samurai Showdown, producing Steel Battalion, the entire Phoenix Wright series, the Beautiful Joe series, Okami, God Hand, Mad World, Vanquish, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, Bayonetta 2, and Near Automata. Bangers. I know. <laughs> like, these dudes... This is like some some Capcom, like, uh, what do they call it, Uh, royalty, or like video game royalty. Um, 
This guy's been in the games for years. Uh, but uh, in the earliest stages of development, Beautiful, Beautiful Joe went under the working title Red Hot Man, was changed, but was changed due to copyright conflicts with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, initially, the development team consisted of six people working under a 12-month deadline, but eventually the size of the team grew and took 21 months to complete. The game was conceived as a staff-focused project aimed at increasing the skill of its creators, especially director Kamiya. Kamiya? Kamiya. Sorry. Uh, producer Inaba stated they wanted to create a challenging game with stunning visuals and fluid gameplay. As a lifelong fan of superheroes, Inaba's aim was to combine traditional Japanese tokusatsu or live-action film or TV drama that heavily uses special effects with American comic books. Character designs were specifically inspired by 1960s and 70s Japanese costume tokusatsu TV shows such as Kamen Rider and Ultraman. Uh, graphically, the game adopted a traditional 2D style, side-scrolling style mixed with 3D cel-shaded animation. The team chose GameCube as its platform because of the target audience and because it lent itself well to Beautiful Joe's look and gameplay. In the game, players play uh, Joe, an avid moviegoer whose girlfriend Sylvia is kidnapped during a film starring Joe's favorite superhero, Captain Blue. Sylvia is taken by the movie's villain and the leader of the villainous villainous group known as Jado. Jado. Uh, Joe also gets sucked into movie land to rescue his girlfriend Sylvia. In the movie land, Joe is given a V-watch from Captain Blue, which gives him the power to turn into a takusatsu-style persona, Beautiful Joe. Combat consists of fighting multiple enemies that appear from all directions, including the foreground and background. Joe can double jump, punch, kick, dodge, in addition to his VFX powers, which are special powers granted uh, for both combat and puzzle solving. Um, defeating enemies gives Joe small and large coins called V-Points, which can also be used between stages to purchase expendable weapons, new abilities, more health, and health restorative items. Defeating hordes of enemies in long combos earn you beautifuls or V-Marks, which help you get a higher ranking. At the end of the level, your various encounter rankings are tallied to give you a level ranking, which also adds to your V-Points. Beautiful Joe was released June 26th of 2003 and received critical acclaim. Um, the game's unique visual style, gameplay, and challenge were all common areas of praise among many reviewers. IGN named Beautiful Joe GameCube Game of the Year, Best Action Game of that year, uh, GameSpot uh, Best of 2003. It was nominated for Best Artistic Achievement in Game, Coolest New Character, and Best GameCube Game. It won GameSpy's Most Stylish Award, Nintendo Power's Most Innovative Game Design, and it was highlighted at the fourth annual GDC Awards as one of the three game innovation spotlights. Despite the small budget and lower sales than Capcom predicted, the game was considered relatively successful commercially and spawned a few sequels as well as an anime adaptation and a manga series. And so that would conclude what I'm talking about about Beautiful Joe, but I, I really wanted to sell home how who these people were that worked on this game. So... Team Beautiful would be rebranded as Clover Studio, a.k.a. Creativity Lover. So they took the C from Creativity and matched it with Lover. Um, in July 2004, during the development of Beautiful Joe 2, they would develop all four Beautiful Joe games, uh, Beautiful Joe 1, Beautiful Joe 2, Beautiful Joe Red Hot Rumble, and Beautiful Joe Double Trouble, as well as Okami and God Hand. Um, Beautiful Joe 2 was a direct sequel, while Red Hot Rumble and Double Trouble were spinoffs. Despite being critical success, Okami failed to live up to Capcom's sales expectation and got handed even worse, compounding the problem 
Clover's dev uh, developers felt stifled under Capcom's corporate management because they were reluctant or actively opposed to risky new ideas. This led to Inaba, um, Mikami, and Kamiya uh, resigning from Capcom in 2006 to form a new company, Seeds Inc., and Capcom shut down Clover Studios uh, in early 2007. Seeds Inc. went on to merge with Odd Inc. in 2007 and rebranded as Platinum Games, makers of fine games such as Mad World, Bayonetta 1 and 2, Wonderful 101, Near Automata, Astro Chain, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, and Vanquish. So, like, this was, like, the game that kind of started, like, we, we played a bunch of, uh, I shouldn't say we've played it, like, on the podcast, we've only played Metal Gear Revengeance and uh, Vanquish, but I think all of us have played a lot of these Platinum games. And so, like, this is what spawned Platinum. So it's because this was the, the, the game that all those guys worked together on and met each other and, be, like, begun that partnership. So I thought that was really cool. Whew. Okay, so that's um, my intro. Um, so we can go around the room, the virtual room. Um, Trevor, do you have any background or history with Beautiful Joe? <clears throat> no. <laughs> Had you ever watched the manga? Like, uh, heard of him? I think I may have watched either you or Dante, maybe somebody in the dorms play it once. Probably me. Probably me. Um, but I had never played it myself. Okay. Um, what about you, uh, Trevor? I mean, sorry. What about you, Greg? What's your background with Beautiful Joe? Uh, so I had both games and I only played the fun maybe up until the playing it. And I think I may have turned on this to both those. I didn't even remember. Like I had to go look up to after you talked about it just to see what it looked like. And what about you, Dante? What's your background with uh, Beautiful Joe? So I own the game for both the GameCube and PlayStation. I was one of those few exceptions where I actually bought two versions of the same game because they did add Dante to the PS2 version, which came. So, played through both of those, I'd like to say. I haven't played two, even though I own it. And I've heard of the spinoffs. I had literally no clue that there was an anime. I don't think I've ever heard of A Beautiful Joke. I checked it out on YouTube. And the- um, So, uh, a couple things. One, I believe I read that one of the spinoff games uh, was running in parallel with the anime. So some of the things um, that happened in the anime uh, either came from this uh, game or vice versa. The other thing you mentioned, uh, so I was doing some reading and I want to say it was one of the developers. I don't remember if it was Anaba or um, Kamaya or me, me. One of the developers was very annoyed with Capcom when they decided to port over the... Um, uh, Capcom 5 over to other consoles. Like, they were under the impression that it was only going to be on GameCube. I think it was um, the Resident Evil guy. So I think it was... Um, Kami? Yes. Yeah. I think it was Shinji Mikami was so mad about Capcom deciding to port the games over that that was kind of what led him to leaving. That was one of the uh, deciding factors. Um but I did look up some of the differences between the GameCube version and PS2 version of Beautiful Joe. And um, like you said, yes, Dante was playable. 
Um, I think he was playable once you uh, beat the game on any difficulty. And then I saw that later on, like, I, th- I don't know how, but you can unlock a Dante and Trish mode. So basically Dante is in place of Joe and Trish is in place of uh, Sylvia. Um, there were, they added a new difficulty. So the game, uh, the GameCube version has uh, from the jump, I think it has kids and adults uh, difficulties. Once you beat adults, I think you get like V rated, and I think you get a, um, a a harder difficulty when you beat that. Well, uh, they get, uh, PS2 added Sweet, which was right underneath Kids, so it was like a even easier version. Um, and then uh, the game loads faster and runs smoother with less slowdown on the GameCube, so it was optimized for GameCube. But I think uh, P- the PS2 appeal was if you wanted to play as Dante or Tr- Dante who he does play slightly different than Joe. Um, just his moveset is just a little bit different. Um, so yeah, I I mentioned it before, but I ended up getting this game. Uh, one of the things, this is one of those games uh, where it's like, it's not stupid expensive on, well, I guess. It, this, is, this is a 18-year-old game, and I got a GameCube version of it to play on my Wii, and I spent about... $35 for a used copy, and that's on the lower end. Um, I think I was seeing this game going anywhere from about $30 to $60, just depending on the eBay auction. Um, so it is like a, I guess, is that cult classic kind of pricing? Because I think that was around what I got um, our next game. for. The ne- uh, but also I think that's what I, around what I paid for uh, uh, Advance Wars as well. Um but uh, I, so I played on GameCube or Wii. Uh, what did you guys play on? I'll start with you, Dante. Played it on GameCube. Buy okay. an emulator this time. <laughs> Full disclosure. Uh, what about you, Trevor? I picked up a copy on eBay for about $22 for the PS2. Oh, yeah, that, that's the other thing, too. I don't know why, but the PS2 version is a little bit cheaper than the GameCube version. Uh, I'm not sure why. Maybe. The load times, or I don't know. And then because you? didn't didn't you say it came out later? It did come out later, but like the game supposedly it was optimized for GameCube, so like the the appeal for the PS2 version was Dante. So like getting an exclusive character. So to me, I would think that it's e- go ahead. When you consider that PS2 outsold game, so I'm sure there's probably more copies just printed. That's true. That's true. I didn't think about that. And uh, what about you, Greg? Uh, I played... Uh, the emulator. Do you know which version you played? Uh, GameCube. GameCube. Okay. <clears throat> so, let's get into it. So, I kind of mentioned it before, but the game starts and you're playing as Joe, uh, or not even playing, you're watching a cutscene of Joe at the movies with his girlfriend. She doesn't necessarily seem like she wants to be there. She's just kind of getting dragged to the movie theater to watch this movie that Joe has seen probably countless times. And he just, I think he says it's his favorite of his, it's his favorite Captain Blue movie. And I guess Captain Blue is a renowned or uh, movie star or was a movie star or whatever. But, um, uh, during the movie, Sylvia gets kidnapped by the movie as uh, antagonist and is brought into the world of movies called Movie Land. Um, and then, with the help of a robot called Six Majin or Six Machine, 
uh, Joe is brought into movie land to save Sylvia. Unfortunately, when he enters movie land, he finds himself powerless to do anything. So he get he meets his hero, Captain Blue, and Captain Blue uh, provides Joe with a V watch, which grants him superpower. And he tells Joe the way to activate the V watch is by uh, saying the phrase "Henshin." And because I, because of the time, I feel like this is just like a like a early two thousands. Like Joe, Joe is definitely of the of the era of the the time this game came out. Uh, and I think it also tries to sell him as like, kind of like a, I, I don't know, like, I don't want to say badass. What's, what's the word? What What is Joe to you guys? <laughs> I mean, he tries to be like the cool guy, I guess. It's just like attitude. He has yeah. all this attitude. And so I mean, he's a nerd, but he is a nerd, but it's like he, he, he overcompensates by like, I mean, wears his hat a certain way, and I, I don't know, like, his whole aesthetic, like, he is a nerd, but he thinks he's cool, I guess, right? Yeah, he's just one of those nerds. It's yeah. like when you, you walk into school and you know you got that, that new uh, Beyblade on you, and, and no, <laughs> nobody, nobody else knows you got it on you, but you know you got it on you. <laughs> so, he says the coin, he says his catchphrase. Henshin the go-go baby, which, yeah! <laughs> and um, that activates uh, his V-Watch and turns him into Beautiful Joe, which actually, I didn't realize this, he didn't get the name Beautiful <laughs> until later in the game. So he was just Joe, even though he was wearing this, you know, superhero costume. And uh, from there, then you go into this int- this pretty cool tutorial that, you know, um, Captain Blue kind of shows you the, the basics. So he shows you how to punch and kick and, and dodge and... Um, uh, he shows you those things, and then I, you hit the ground running, and um, you get to just deal with some of the baddies. I just want to say something about those tutorials. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. They were confusing because it's like when they when they show you any type of tutorial, they basically show you the button that you're supposed to press or hold, and just have it like blinking or pulsing. So you don't know whether it's, you're supposed to like tap it or hold. So I'm sitting there trying to figure out how to use this combination of buttons in order to do the moves that they're displaying on the screen. I had trouble with it. I don't know about y'all. Anybody else going to die on this hill? No. I really enjoyed the tutorial. I thought it was like, for the most part, I thought it did a good job of like explaining the situation in which you would do things. Well, I just didn't like the way they showed it to you. Well, like if they would have spelled it out saying, hold this button to to do this move rather than trying to, you know, make it pictorial. I can kind of agree with you on one premise in that, like, they should have done a better job communicating that you're not supposed to tap the punch button. (laughs) Aside from that, like, I was fine with it, but. You know, Marcus, you had to give me the hint. Yeah, but that's that's a very specific thing that i'm thinking of can, are you i don't even like, know if that was really covered in the t- no I mean, I that wasn't that wasn't well it wasn't covered but it they did show you like to punch in slow-mo and stuff i think yeah yeah they did um but i don't know like i i i, I thought the game i enjoyed the tutorial personally but, <laughs> but i also i'm coming from it like i i guess i'll give you the benefit of the doubt trevor because you're coming from this entirely sight and scene i i believe the the three of us have at least played beautiful joe um 
So I, 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 I can see what you're talking about because I can think of a couple of instances like Dante alluded to where I didn't know this was a thing until I was on the internet reading because I was stuck. And um, yeah, so I, I'll, I'll, I won't die on the hill, but I, I see what you're talking about. I, I know what you're talking about. Um, but I, did you did you like the fa- the fact that you had to fight Captain Blue in order to like learn new things? Was that okay with you? Oh yeah, that was fine. Like the pacing of it was slow enough to where I could figure out like, oh, I'm not supposed to tap this button. I'm supposed to hold it. Mm-hmm. And he kind of like lets you learn the moves before. It, it was mostly just how they told you what buttons do what move. It wasn't necessarily mm-hmm. the practice part of it. It was just the like the splash screen where it showed you the button rather than saying, hold this button. Gotcha, know. gotcha. I don't remember... Okay, I, one of the things that I really like stood out to me, I, I thought this game... like So this is an older game. I Everything I... All media I consume. Uh, movies, TV shows, video games. Like I like to play with subtitles. And this game did not have subtitles, and so that kind of, like, threw me off because I was, like, there were times when I really wanted to know what people were saying, and I didn't have time to, like, pause it and write it down or whatever, but one of the things that struck me, I did like the humor in this game. One of the things that I I liked that was said in the tutorial, I think it was Captain Blue said to Joe, was, like, a real hero doesn't block, he dances out the way. (laughs) And uh, I, I don't know. This game made, reminded me somewhat of... Actually, Joe reminds me, maybe not as creepy and horny as Travis, but it's very similar to No More Heroes. I think the humor in this game is very similar to that. I don't think it's as overtly sexual. I think it's more, like, jokey. Just jumping back to the subtitle thing uh, real quick, I do find it ironic, because I, I didn't even know this, that a game based on movies doesn't have subtitles. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. That's that's a choice. Yeah, but I, I just don't think it was a common setting to have. Like, I, I think that's more of a. I think I think it's a more of a like. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't feel like old games. Like, I don't think it was until the next generation. I feel like most of my PS2 games at least had subtitles. Like a lot of Nintendo stuff didn't really have that much dialogue, so I can't really say for sure there, but. Yeah, I don't know. I just I felt like they were more prominent to me in the 360 PS3 Wii era, personally. Um, it might just be, I guess they thought about it, and maybe, I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, from there you hit the ground running, and you uh, are fighting enemies. Uh, like I said earlier, you're earning coins and V-points. Um, you start doing these missions i don't really know how to describe them but they're really um in level missions where a woman's voice says start or something like that and you fight like a a i think you're always you always know how many enemies you're fighting because i think it's displayed but you're just fighting a set number of enemies and you're graded uh v a v being the best the s equivalent the s rank a b c d and they're based on um the V points you earn, the defense as a rating, so basically how much damage you took, um, and the time it took you to do it, so how fast you complete it, and um, 
Yeah, so then that will determine your rank in that particular segment of the level, and those just keep going through the level, and um, at the end of the level, you get your overall rank. So it's very similar to like uh, the what action adventure games we played before, the the Metal Gear Rising, Revengeance, and uh, the the um, Ninja Gaiden. Um, Y'all know how I feel about this, but how, how did you guys feel about like the ranking system? Did you feel like it was fair? Did you enjoy it? Did it throw you off guard seeing it in a 2D game? <laughs> uh, I think at first I was a little bit worried about it. was like kind of the further I got into it, I was like, all right, well, clearly I'm not going to get like V on everything. So I'm just going to like try to play as um Yeah, I mean, it, I, I don't think it I don't think it added to my enjoyment, but it also didn't take away. What about you, Trevor? Yeah, I'm kind of with Greg. I really didn't pay that much attention to it, um, especially after like the first two episodes, because I thought there would at least be a point where you could go back and replay like part of it to get a better score. Mm-hmm. But since you couldn't do that, I was like, it, it's not worth trying to, you know, just rack my brain about it, you know. Mm-hmm. So I just. Kind of just played it on my own terms. If I finished a level, I did beautiful. What about you, uh, Dante? Yeah, my views pretty much align with what they say. You look at the score and you're like, well, yeah, they want me to play a very certain type of way. If I if I don't play this exact way, I'm probably not going to get a A or whatever. I'm not really going to worry about it at all. So, gotcha. Um, I. Uh... I try not to look too deep into it, but like I always, the one of the things that I don't like about rankings personally, and I didn't, I didn't feel it until later on in this game is like, I feel like I'm just like, it's telling me that the way I'm playing the game is like, I always feel like when I get that feedback, it's like the way you're playing this game is wrong because you didn't get a high enough rank. And like, I always, like, I always feel like I'm either playing too slow or if I'm keep on getting low rankings, there's something that I haven't figured out to make it easier or to give me a, to complete something quicker. Cause I think usually that is my, uh, it's the time component usually is where I, 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 in games that give you ranking, I usually take a lot longer. And so I always feel like getting that feedback is like discouraging sometimes. Uh, one of the things too, I wanted to say, you guys were talking about the V ranks so I sort of alluded to it earlier, but you, you, um, so there's, there are unlockable characters in this game. So when you beat the game on adults difficulty, you unlock, um, Sylvia, but then you also unlock the V rated difficulty. And when you beat the game on V, uh, V rated, you get Alistair, the stylish, which is the purple demon dude that looks like Joe with the devil horns. And when you beat V rated mode, you get Ultra V mode, and if you beat that, then you unlock Captain Blue. And Captain Blue is supposedly a beast. He's like the most powerful character in the game. But if you beat the game, I think you can do it with Joe and Alistair. But if you beat the game, I think it can be on, it has to be on, I think it has to be on adults. Yeah, if you do it on adults, V-rated or Ultra V-rated, you get a super version of the character you're using. Uh, so like it, it, they call it a rainbow V run, which means that you beat the game only getting V's for every single mission, every single level. 
and then you get a version of the character that doesn't lose meter or like the meter is infinite. Um, so that was like a really interesting thing that I saw because I was like, you know, thinking about the replayability and I know like a lot of people like really, really enjoy Ninja Gaiden and really, really enjoy Devil May Cry and they beat the game multiple times, multiple times. And I feel like I didn't realize this game had similar to that, that same through line in it as well. Um, so I just thought that was interesting. Um, yeah, the, the whole rating system is a direct riff off of Devil Greg well, might correct me on this, but I think Devil May Cry typically, like, popularized the whole, like, D, you know, C, B, A, and then S up to triple S, and then this. Yeah, I think so. Well, I mean, I, the, the, there were people that worked on that game, so I don't, I wouldn't call it a ripoff, more like a, we did it on here, we're going to do it on this game too. Well, yeah, I mean, literally, Alistair is Dante's sword in Devil May Cry 1, so. Yeah, I when thought I said his rip things off, were called like, like Ebony and Ivory or something like that. Are those his guns? Those are the guns. And gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, but yeah, so other things that you get. So I, I talked about the V Watch, and the V Watch runs on a meter, and uh, the V Watch grants you VX powers. Uh, so when you have meter, you have uh, access to these VX powers, and so you have. Slow, which, as it sounds, it slows down the the game and uh, allows you to do um, react to things. It changes how some hits work. It um, what else does it do? It allows you to move things. Uh, it just it slows down time. Joe's attacks get more powerful. His reflexes are increased, and it's easier to dodge attacks. Um, you also have mock speed, which gives Joe the ability to move at incredible speed. His attacks are a bit weaker, but because he's so fast, he can take out enemies very easily. Um, he also, because he's so fast, if he punches or attacks re- repeatedly, he can catch on fire and uh, attack things and catch them on fire as well. And uh, when you upgrade this, it also creates even more ver- like uh, multiple versions of you. And they can attack things in the background and attack enemies, and you know, from other angles as well. And then later on in the game, this is a little bit later, you get this ability called Zoom In, which is like the style uh, mode or the style attacks in this game. And what happens is, is you um, zoom in on Z- Joe, so you see less of the screen, but then his attacks are more stylish. He, he has they're more swaggy, as the kids say, and um, his attacks do different things now. So he has a spinning kick attack and sort of his, instead of his normal attack, um, he also gets access to some error moves that he doesn't normally have. And uh, like his punch changes as well. And this in zoom in mode um, is pretty good by itself. But then when you pair it up with one of the other abilities, so you can do slow and zoom in, you can do mock speed and zoom in, but you can't do slow and mock speed. So you can kind of stack everything with zoom in, but other than that, you're using the things by themselves. Actually, I could be wrong about this, but like if you're in water and you slow-mo and mock speed, you move faster. Wait, why don't you just mock speed? Because sometimes you're trying to dodge stuff. Like when I was fighting that shark boss, or no, it was in the sewers where I had to do it for some certain reason. It was fighting the, um, the little desperado dude. Uh-huh. And sometimes you need to be in slow-mo to dodge his stuff. 
but at the same time, it helps to hit fast forward so you move faster in the water. Well, I did not know that. Um, so yeah, uh, what did you guys think about these powers, and how did they? Uh, what did you like? What they could do for you? I'll start with you, Greg. Um, I liked them for the most part. I felt like as far as combat, you know, pretty helpful in general. Stric- yeah, let's let's talk strictly combat. By the way, sorry, strictly combat. Okay. Um, yeah, for combat, I liked them. You know, um, I guess the the only thing that was kind of weird for me that that meter by finding. Film canisters or something. Yeah. So, so like you have uh, the way the game is set up is um, you have like a limited. I don't. I, I'll just throw out a number. You, you can use a VX power uh, without. When you use a VX power, you maybe have seven seconds uninterrupted of time that you can use it. And after those seven seconds, you, once you drain that meter, then it has to recharge itself. So the way they. Um, they they have these collectibles in the game. They're film canisters, and if you collect uh, X number of them, I think the number is always fifty. When you collect fifty, you get more and more added to your uh, VX meter. So um, by the time you're at the end of the level, instead of having seven seconds of VX power usage, you may have seventeen seconds. So it, so it adds more time that you can hold that button down and have access to these abilities. So um, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, so in in general, I did like the powers, and I felt like they were all very useful. Maybe to like some, maybe more. Uh, in general, like um, the only complaint that I would have about it is I kind of wish the the meter uh, transferred over through levels, and maybe they could do that, making it an upgrade, pick up those film canisters all the time. But I also, I guess, it kind of plays into kind of like looking. Yeah, I, I personally think that's what it was because. Otherwise, like, it would make the later levels a lot easier if you're sure already starting off that, with... that boss rush thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, what about you, Trevor? How'd you feel about the uh, the VFX powers? I thought they were cool. I liked the animations. Uh, I, I really didn't like the zoom-in feature. What? How come? I have a I have an idea why, but I, how come well, you? It's a little, little small thing, just just tiny detail. Um, you can't see anything around you. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know how this passed, um, like testing. Well, I think it's balanced in the way that they they know you get a damage buff in it, and they to just kind of always. We want you to use this at times. Well, so. when you start to use the. Um, like the what do you call it the up uh attack i i don't i can't remember yeah. the names of any of the moves but the ones the where it, like you turn pink and you do like a the drill a, yeah the drill oh the jump so when you're in zoom in and you jump yeah or you okay. um like you smash down yeah 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 um those i would prefer to be able to see because sometimes you're either trying to hit an enemy or you're trying to hit something in the environment to break it but that's just me i guess no no i I, I, kind of see where you're coming from yeah i'm with trevor on this one where like i get that you know they want to be balanced and stuff and like they don't want you to abuse it but at the same time like when you're trying to use it there are situations where like you think you're using it correctly but since joe is so stubby and doesn't have any reach whatsoever like 
We talking about Marvel? Just, or we talking about <laughs> you zoom in and you don't hit anything, and then you're just like, man, well now I have to wait. Yeah, yeah. it took me a little while to get used to his reach because I'm <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking, okay, let me punch, and he's gonna like at least lunge forward just a little bit. No, he just throws it right there in front of him. If his reach was like ten percent better than it was, and then like I if, feel like that would alleviate y'all tripping. <laughs> well, it became a problem for me because I tried to do a lot of aerial combos um, up until I got the sliding attack, and I don't know if we want to talk about the unlockable attack. We, we'll, we'll talk about it soon. We'll but, talk about um, I was doing a lot of aerial combos, and once you do that, you're kind of suspended in the air. And so, if an enemy is just outside of your reach, you really don't have any anything to like extend to reach that enemy. And, and then, because they're moving in slow motion, they could be coming towards you. But because they're not coming fast enough, you basically have to sit there and, and waste your your meter, you know, waiting for them to come to you. Nobody used the slide attack at all, like close the distance. Well, that's what I was saying. Like it, oh, okay. uh, up until I got that. Um, oh, I got you. Yeah, yeah. yeah it took me a while to a, get used to it. Y'all know this is a fighting game, right? <laughs> no, no. I'm not talking about like a 2D. Like it's a beat 'em up, though. Like it, it's 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 it it it's not an action adventure game. It's a beat 'em up, and like I can't think of how many times I was playing a beat 'em up in the in the 90s where. I'm like punching at a character and because I'm spamming this attack, they're not walking into my range. So then that means that I have to reposition myself. Yeah, like, but it doesn't feel good at all in this game. That's the thing. But you you at least have like where you can double tap to start um, sprinting. Okay. Oh, a shoulder charge? Yeah, something like that. Whereas I mean, here... And, you're, you're and right. in other brawlers, the characters have reach. That's the thing. Like you can do a kick in like Streets of Rage or whatever where like oh, I can at least reach, you know, maybe two of my body lengths out there if I really need to. Whereas Joe, I mean, his arm, it's literally like maybe, I don't even know how to describe that distance. It's so nominal. But the thing I will say is, you're right, the distance on this is not great. But I think that is just based off the proportions that they have for the characters in this game. Because he doesn't have any less range than a lot of the main enemies you fight. When we talk about bosses, obviously the bosses have <laughs> more range. All the enemies have like ways to get in on you, though. Like they have they ways have to get in attacks, on you, but they don't have got... range, though. They like, do. They got you can... rocket launchers. They got no, guns. You're... They got. I'm not talking about the bosses, though. I'm talking about the regular enemies. That the I'm ones that you're talking about can... the regular enemies. The ones that you can dodge, you can literally just run away from them and not have to dodge. Like you can, you have enough time to run out of their attack range and not have to dodge. You know what I'm what? saying? The dudes that like spin, like the dudes that spin, any of the mm-hmm. normal like white faced fodder enemies with the little googly eyes or whatever, like those mm-hmm. enemies are built the same way that Joe is built with the same exact proportions, and they have the same exact. No, that no, Joe no, has. no, no, no. They have a lot more potential as far as like ranged attacks go. Like, I don't know about that. Dog. The tornado has an actual like AOE of some sort. The pink people. They jump up in the air, and then they can jump down and have that electrical AOE, which is, like, darn near half the screen, if not more. But There's, like, enemies with guns. There's enemies with rocket launchers. There's yeah, yeah, plenty but, of regular like, foot soldier enemies that have ranged tools. But you have whereas the, you Joe have just the, has the boomerang and the bomb. 
you have the boomerang and the bomb. You have a slowed down, zoomed in uh, ground pound when you're in the air and you do that. You have an AOE as well with your slow uh, zoomed in uh, kick as well that does a whole 360 around your body that is a lar- lot larger range and radius than your normal kick and your normal punch. Uh, you also have the slide attack that Trevor was talking about. You also have red hot kick, which is an angled kick that goes until you land. So it's basically you have a dive kick. I think like you maybe you weren't utilizing all the options you had, but like Joe has options. He does not have he, no, not really. Like I disagree. Greg, what's up? Was Joe's range or lack of lack of uh, range on his normals a problem for you? Uh, sometimes, but I wouldn't say it was like to a point where it became a big annoyance. Like I, I think I was using the, the slide kick more to mm-hmm. those distance. Um, and as far as like the air stuff, I didn't really find it. Well, okay. Well, sometimes it's a bit annoying in the air, but I, I think I think the thing with the air is like when you jumped, you have you know your jump arc. But the moment you hit an attack, you no longer have your forward momentum. So if you were short on, like, if you hit the punch button too soon or the kick button too soon, you lost all your forward momentum and then you were just dropping. And then you could only just kind of somewhat um, control your, you know, if you're falling left or right. But I will agree that, like, you could, like, oh, I thought I had more range and I didn't end up hitting this person that I was trying to... I'm thinking of those helicopter dudes, the the, the green dudes with the helicopter uh, uh, rotors on their back. Not the helicopter itself, but those dudes. There was a couple times when, like, I jumped up. Like, maybe I even double jumped and I tried to swing on one, but either he got out of my range or, like, I hit the button too soon and I missed. But at that point, I'm just like, okay, like... I'm just going to hit the ground. I'm going to do it again. Like it, it never was an annoyance for me the way right. I guess it was for you guys. And I feel like you're underselling. I don't know. Maybe you didn't buy the slide Dante or maybe you didn't buy a red hot kick. And I remember watching. I don't think you had, at least when I was watching you play, you didn't have the shocking pink or the boomerangs, the bomb or the, at the points that I was watching you play. So I think you didn't have some of the range options, but like I got they're everything there by the end of the game. Yeah. By the end of the game. But like I'm saying like, I think when I was watching you play the Magnific- Magnificent Five, you didn't have any of those things. So I, I definitely I was, had them by then because I was just upgrading. Um, sure. Well, I would say like it, it just didn't seem like that was something in your play style when I was watching you play. Well, but granted, you would seem so heavily biased towards slow yeah. zoom in yeah, punch. Yeah, yeah. So I'll agree with that. That's definitely for the big damage. Um, yeah. I don't know. I I, I definitely. <laughs> Uh, I definitely think Joe's range, his his attack range, isn't like ideal. But they give to me, they give you more than enough tools to offset that, so it's not an issue. Like I said, they give you the slide. They you you're when you do the zoom in jump attack, you can angle it so it's not just straight up. You can do it at a forty five degree angle up forward or up back. So like there, are, he has like that kick, which like I said is a lot further range than his normal his normals are. So he has options, per, I think, anyways. Um, and I guess now that we're talking about it, let's talk about the upgrades. Well, actually, before we do that, uh, the only last thing is just I really did enjoy how the VFX, I personally did, liked how the abilities, the slow, the mock speed, and zoomed were used in puzzles as well. I thought some of them were really clever. 
even um even in some of the bosses as well um i didn't know until i was stuck on a magnificent five that when you did fast forward that you could destroy stuff in the background so i went through majority of this game not knowing that not realizing that um but i liked some of the things where it's like oh if you slowed it what were you about to say i was gonna say that was my favorite part of the game the what the puzzle Just, stuff? Yeah, being able to use the abilities for different yeah, things in yeah, the game. Yeah, so it's like, oh, now you're standing on something with the like a hover, uh, like a platform that has a mm-hmm. rotator rotors on the bottom. If you slow down, it'll slow down, and that means it's not spinning as fast, so it's going to lose air, or you know, like, uh, and so you can hop on top of it, and then you can fast forward, and it's going to you know go up faster. It's moving faster, so you're going up higher. Or same thing at how it affected enemies, where it's like. Um, explosions got bigger if you did the slow motion um, so they did more damage or uh, bullets and shots got um, like uh, from like uh, the 6 machine and like any type of aerial planes when they did their shots they would get bigger um, I don't know I, I really enjoyed the I don't know if Dante would call them puzzles but I really enjoyed how the VFX stuff affected the environment I thought that was a really cool touch yeah they're they're definitely puzzles. They actually like, it. although some of them I don't. I normally don't have to look up guides for stuff, but <laughs> <laughs> you were puzzled. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean it's a good puzzle. That just yeah, I, I agree. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the thing is that I really enjoyed is like nothing ever. I, I won't say ever, but like they did a good job of varying it up, so it wasn't like they were doing the same puzzle from the beginning of the game to the end. Yeah. You know. There was a decent variety and like, oh, th- this time this slow power does this. This time this slow power does this. Or you use it this way to punch this thing up so you can run underneath. And then this time you use slow and it makes this explosion bigger so that you do more damage to this door or, you know, things like that. It wasn't just like, oh, this is the fifth time I had to uppercut this thing and run underneath it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Mark is cool. Um <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and now we can talk about the the upgrade system. So I know Trevor, you wanted to talk about that. So, um, like we talked about earlier, you earn coins and V points, which um, you can use in between uh, levels and sections of levels uh, to upgrade Joe. Um, these upgrades, I think I had mentioned before, like you can get new items. So like the boomerang or the shocking pink, which is a bomb that Joe can throw out. Um, you can upgrade your health, you can get more uh, life, you can uh, um, get new abilities. Um, I think the, um, there was, oh yeah, and uh, upgrade how many uh, many Joes appear when you do the mock speed, or you can upgrade how fast your uh, VFX meter recharges. So, so uh, what did you want to talk about, Trevor? Um, it was mostly just how like a lot of the things that you can unlock really changed the dynamic of combat. Uh, because before you unlock them, you, you're really limited on what you can do. Um, at least I felt like I was. Um, I think it was the boomerang when I originally bought it. I just got it on like a whim. And I was like, oh, let me um, go on ahead and... And, and just buy this and try it out. And I think I used it on the boss. And it took out a bunch of health off of him. Um, I don't remember exactly how many I unlocked after that. Um, 
I know I try to unlock all of the combos, and that's why I was doing a lot of aerial combos throughout the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I was upgrading my character to make it more tanky so I could take more hits. <laughs> so I had a bunch more uh, hit points and um, or what do you call it, like hits that I could take. Mm-hmm. Um, I also had upgraded my mock speed all the way to the to the max, so I had the most amount of Joes would appear when I was doing that. Um, I had the, there was the one, I think it was called Ukemi, Ukemi, um, where if you got, took a hit and you zoom, you did the zoom in ability right before you hit the ground, Joe would do a flip and take either less damage or no damage. It was very, very difficult to do timing wise, but that, I thought that was really cool. Um, and then the cool thing too, like, Obviously, this didn't apply to me because I suck at games that give you grades. But if you mastered that ability, um, it didn't detract from your ranking. So you wouldn't take any damage. Then you could still technically get a V grade if you mastered that. But it was it was a tight timing. But I thought that was really cool and a cool touch. Um, what about you guys, Greg? Um, as far as like the like the upgrade system, yeah, yeah. Like, what did you go for, and and how did you feel about the variety that was provided? Felt like it was uh, it was pretty good. I think I favored the combo, like so getting more and life. Uh, so I, I think those are the things. I think I only I don't even think I used the bombs, which I think was probably something I messed things a little bit. Um. But yeah, for the most part, it was just combat health. I did want to try uh, Ukemi, but I didn't want to, I guess I didn't get it, but I thought about trying it, though. I just didn't know how useful it was going to be in general. Oh, well, I didn't save up. I, gr- I grinded by dying a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is the, so that's another positive, too. Well, I guess, I don't know. I guess it's kind of a positive, and like, you do keep your points even if you have a game. You get a game over, over. yeah. Yeah, so. At least that kind of helps out a little bit. Yeah, definitely. I don't know about y'all, but I I definitely died a lot. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what about you, Dante? Um, I don't know. I don't feel like there was there was stuff to unlock, but it didn't really feel like there was that much. Would you say I I don't disagree with you? But like, was it like would you have liked to see more items, or would you like to see more? Com- combo or like moves like what what did you feel like it was missing um that's a good question i guess i would have liked to see more moves because i really do feel like everything at the end of the day was either a punch or a kick like it comes back to doing a punch or a kick most of the time and admittedly like you said i didn't use those um upgrades quite as much as i probably should have but at the same time the reinforcement the game was giving me was saying, "Men punch if you really want to take out any of these enemies." Mm-hmm. So, can I ask you something? Go ahead. Was that how you played after I watched you after the Magnificent Five? Doing what do you the mean? zoom in punch, like doing the zoom in punch. So, like you told me about that when you were on the Magnificent Five. I thought no, you told me that earlier than Mag- this Magnificent Five. I'm pretty sure it might have been. Um... I don't. I don't think so because I, I I watched you fight the shark boss on the submarine level. I watched you play that level. I feel like you told me to tap on him, but I could be wrong or stop tapping. I I, I told you you didn't want the advice. <laughs> I said that was when I learned how effective the zoom in was on bosses. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. on the um, the shark boss. I didn't learn. I mean, I didn't learn how effective it was fully until the. Uh, 
uh, Magnificent Five because I was stuck on them and I was just like, what can I do to? So I knew the zoom in plus slow was good, but I was yeah. tapping and not holding <laughs> until I got frustrated with the Magnificent yeah, Five. Yeah, and like that is such a night and day difference between tapping and holding and. I I just wish the game communicated that up front early on, like, hey, hold the A button on like every other beat 'em up and yeah. existence ever, yep. you know? <laughs> yep, yep. Um, so I I don't really think I don't really want to go beat by beat with the game. Um if that's cool with you guys. Um I thought it would be nice to have like a, a you know, like a less uh, not as lengthy podcast for a change. Um, I'm totally for that. You said what? I'm totally for that. Okay, good. So um, I did want to did want to ask you guys some questions. There was one thing that Dante had said though, and I'm trying to trying to remember. I can't remember right now. Um, but what were some things that you did enjoy about the game? And I'll I'll start with you, Greg. What were the things you enjoyed about this game? Why why did you like or what did you like about this game? Uh, uh the first thing, I guess, first impressions were like I really like the art style. Um, I'm trying to remember if there was a lot of stuff like, to me. I I was at one point I was like this was like one of the first in my head I was like this has to be one of the first or you know cell shaded games, but I I I had a list at some point. Uh I will look it up while you're talking because there was quite a lot of games that came out prior to this game that were also shell shaded. I don't know how successful or to what extent they were shell shaded, but there was quite a lot of games that were. You've okay. got maybe that was just a thing. Yeah, you got Wind Waker, which I'm trying to think if Wind Waker was announced before this game started development. If it, I think Wind Waker had like a cycle, so I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they partially got inspired by that. There is cell damage for the original Xbox. I think Okami was later. Um, Here, I got, I got a list. I got a list. So, so I think mm. it says. So this is Wikipedia. So take this with a grain of salt. But it says the very first. It's not citing it as the, the innovators, but Mega Man Legends in '97. Um, and Misadventures of Tron Bond '99. Uh, obviously, the Jet Set Radio uh, series or game. Mega Man Legends 2, um, Bomberman Online, Cell Damage, like uh, Dante said, Fur Fighters, there's some Harvest Moon games, uh, Monster Rancher. Like, I'm just naming, like, bigger games that um, people would recognize. Uh, the Budokai series, like, uh, that first one came out in 2002. Uh, Jet Set Radio Future, I was wrong. Wind Waker was 2002. Um... Yeah, Black and Bruised. I remember seeing that game. Um, so there, there was a decent amount of uh, games that came out prior to uh, Beautiful Joe that were shelf shaded. So, so yeah, I thought the visual, the slowdown mechanic, or like the to me, I, I think. Oh, the boss fights. Uh, for the most part, I felt like the boss fights were pretty varied. I mean, they all kind of came down to the same type of strategy, but. Um, as far as like the, like their patterns, they're all. What about you, Trevor? What did you like or enjoy about this game? I really enjoyed the level design and like the um, the mechanic of being able to use the 
um, like your different moves to um, to go through the environment. Um, sometimes mm-hmm. it was frustrating. Like there was a, um, I think the first time you get no, it wasn't the first time. Um, but there is a point where you can get like a radio, and it makes the um, yeah the floating platforms follow you. That was probably one of the puzzles Dante was talking about. And I th- I think it was actually the second time you get to a point where you use that, and you have to. Um, like get past those bombs on the submarine mm-hmm. and that was really frustrating but once i discovered that i was just like oh i know exactly what they want me to do now uh, because at that point like you've learned that you can uh, speed up or slow down um time to make the platform rise and uh lower but then you also had to contend with the um with the the bombs that were coming in and then you could the enemies weren't that bad um they were um pretty um minor uh, compared to the the bombs that you had to dodge but it was it was certain levels like that and then there were also um the one where you're um it may have been like episode 2 where you're navigating that mansion yeah yeah um and there are certain things you have to do in order to get to the next floor, like using the elevator. Um, some of those are pretty cool, like mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. where you destroying the wall. The yeah, floor you had to break you. the wall, and or you know use the bomb to um, you know blow up the ceiling and, and jump up in order to get to the um, the next floor. Um, but there are certain things like that that I really liked what they did with the environment um, during combat. The environment does get a little confusing, um, but other than that, it, you know, I that was my favorite part of the game was just the environment and, and what you could do in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you, Dante? So, I think I liked a lot of their intent on just about everything. So, I thought they're good parts of the level design for sure. And um, they're good parts of level design. I like the combat flow um, and what they were trying to do with the whole dodge mechanic and how they try to balance your meter usage versus like um, offense and defense and how they reward you doing dodges and um, kind of playing skillfully. I like the boss. I like the premises of the boss. I don't like how the bosses are actually executed most of the time, but... I think they're unique. Okay. Um, I got to echo a lot of what you guys said. I, I really like the visuals of the game. I thought the visuals were really cool um, and really interesting and just colorful and bright. And I think they, even down to the part where they were like doing a movie effects and like, I, like, I don't, don't know unless you look at screenshots or gameplay of the game to see how it looks like it's a how it's intended it is a movie you know like it, they do a really good job of capturing that japanese action film style that they were trying to go for with the visuals plus the the comic book with the the big graphics that say pow and boom and like all those things i thought that was really like a cool effect and just something that i really enjoyed i personally enjoyed the combat I never felt like I was overwhelmed with like 
too many options. I do feel like, uh, I think Trevor mentioned it earlier, but like how when you're upgrading, you're adding more tools to your to your belt, basically. And like, I felt like as I was playing through the game and adding more abilities, like I was implementing those and not just like, oh, I bought this thing and I'm never going to use it. Like I felt like um, I was using the things as I was getting them and I could see like, oh, and I'm going to use it in this instance or this is an instance where um, I deal with this situation a lot. So even though I want these two moves, I'm going to get this one because I feel like it's more applicable to the types of the the way I fight right now. Um, So I thought that was really cool. Um, So I I, I really did enjoy combat. Um, And like Trevor said too, I really, really enjoyed how the powers worked not only in combat, but uh, especially in the platforming or the uh, the puzzle aspect of the game. And I, I did mention it earlier, but I liked how it there wasn't a lot of retreads of like, oh yeah, this is that puzzle, like, not to boo-boo on a game we previously played, but like, I know it's something Dante had said about Raji was like, it's the same puzzle every single time, and I, th- that never pops up really in this game, you know, like it's, oh, you're using this power in this way now, or using this power in this way. And and so I I thought that was really cool. Um, Did you guys, I I talked about it earlier. I don't remember if you guys said anything about it, but how did you guys feel about Joe, um, the character, and then also just like the humor in this game? Because I don't necessarily think this game was like super jokey jokey, but like in some of the writing and some of the references, like they do break the fourth wall. It almost kind of seems like Joe is like a... Uh, I don't want to say Deadpool or because he's not that extreme, but like there are moments where he breaks the fourth wall or the game breaks the fourth wall. Um, I, did that stand out to you guys? Can you guys even remember that stuff? And if so, how did you feel about it? To me, I guess it didn't. Maybe it just kind of, um, so I didn't really like know. That's fair. Uh, go ahead, Trevor. I was just going to agree with Greg. I didn't really notice it that much. Um, like I kind of saw it happening, but only like in passing, like maybe with like a comment that the that Joe says. But yeah, it, yeah, it, it wasn't like super you in your face. Blind. This entire game was that. Are you telling me this is another? Um... Yes, <laughs> my dude. That last level was Star Wars. Did you not notice? Oh what are yeah, you guys we... talking about? Oh, yeah. well, that, I, I mentioned yeah. I mentioned that to to Marcus before we started recording. So I didn't actually get to the last level. Yeah, Trevor, um, Trevor I, I thought five. I thought I finished the game, and then it was like, no, your princess is in another castle. Oh snap! They gate kept you for doing the kids mode. That's fun. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, he's clowning on you. Kids mode. Did you play on kids mode? Um, I thought it was the normal difficulty. It was the one in the middle. That's kids mode. Oh. I didn't know it was supposed to be easy because there was there were sweet kids and adult. Yeah, so the GameCube version just has kids and adults. They actually added sweet to my understanding. So we had normal too. or hard essentially, and you had easy, normal, and hard. Well, yeah, it sounds like it. I'm not actually. I'm not even going to say normal or hard. I'm going to say like more like probably. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Because I think ultimately on the GameCube version there is four difficulties and there's going to be ultimately there's five on the playstation version but i don't know which one they deem is the normal mode and which one they deem is easy 
They didn't say, like, adults mode is the way the game is meant to be played, you know? So, I have no idea. It was only implied by the lights on the character select screen, but... I mean, I feel that. I agree with you. <laughs> I'm just trying not to throw shade at my boy. <laughs> but yeah, sorry. That was a little bit of a sidetrack from the whole thing. Like, so this entire game is another... I mean... He's right. Where do I even start? Like, they're going to the movies. They got brought into the movie world. He's rescuing the damsel in distress. He meets his mentor, who is a washed-up has-been, gets his power. Pretty much every single scene that you have with a boss character is breaking the fourth wall. A lot of levels are metaphors for direct movie comparisons. Like, I'm pretty sure the one shark dude's supposed to be kind of like Jaws. There's a Star Wars level. There's a lot of stuff like that throughout the game. And then, what else was that I want to say? So, l- let me ask this. Is he breaking the fourth wall of the game, or is he breaking the fourth wall of the movie within the game? Both. Like, that's... Like, the whole Beautiful Joe thing is just a love letter to that type of dude that wears his hat backwards and goes to the movies yeah, nonstop exactly, and probably exactly. recommends a lot of niche things to his friends. Yeah, it, like it, it, I think the movies they kind of reference kind of uh, speak to that. The very, very beginning of the way the game starts is like very grainy and like kind of like this guy taking his girlfriend on a date to this movie that nobody else is in <laughs> except for the two of them. The the like Dante is a hundred percent right. <laughs> yeah, like they even like even that last scene where like not to jump too much ahead, but it's like isn't this where the plot twist comes in? Yep. <laughs> and then, like, when Sylvia starts doing stuff, they're like, oh, my God, the damsel in just, oh, okay. It looks like yeah. there's going to be a sequel, or they say something like that. Yeah. <laughs> it, music, music AAMV at the end of that game. Oh, uh, yep. Music video. <laughs> yep. Check that box. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, yeah, I, I <laughs> yeah, Dante is 100% right. This I guess this, is this how you felt when uh, we played No More Heroes? <laughs> I mean, more or less. Like, I think this is a better. Mm. Yes, go ahead and say it. Say it. <laughs> I think I enjoyed my time with the No More Heroes more, but oh wait, no, no, don't say it. Cut the tape. Like, I think this is a better game, but I think I personally enjoyed No More Heroes a little bit more. I think the references land better in No More Heroes. So, like, the, 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 the things that they are mentioning, referencing, paying homage to, all that, I think lands better with No More Heroes. I think that partly, I'm just going to say it, they probably took uh, took note of how Beautiful Joe did it. So, like, Beautiful Joe made, I'm not saying the originator, as in they were the first game to do it, but they took some of the... Uh, lessons and things that beautiful joe kind of showed and like paved the way for and and took it a step further so they had a blueprint to work from yeah i I, I agree with you i agree with you but uh i guess it didn't land because uh trevor was like what greg was like what (laughs) i mean I, i wouldn't necessarily say that it's breaking the fourth wall as much as it's making just references like in some of I mean, those instances yeah, yeah. where where they were like, um, you know, I guess there's going to be a sequel. If they said a line like that, then yeah, that would be breaking the fourth wall. But at the same time, they're also a movie within a game. So 
Yeah, yeah. It, it, there's there's times when it breaks the fourth wall, and they mention. I think the, the the fourth wall breaking is more when they mention that we are in movie land and we're trying to get into the real world and blah, 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 blah. But there are specific scenes. I don't remember who it was. I want to say it was Blade Master Alistair. Uh, he breaks the fourth wall to, and reads the manual to Joe and reveals yep. their entire plan and plot against Joe and the player. To, well, he reads the plot to Joe. Or Let me rephrase that. Reads the entire plan slash plot against Joe, and he's reading it to you, the player. Um, so, like, there there are points like that. Again, like Dante said at the very end of the game, uh, the whole, like, I think you didn't see this, Trevor, but Captain Blue is actually Sylvia's father. Spoilers. Uh, again, In direct Star reference Wars to level, Star Wars. Also. Plus the fact that, yeah, that entire level's on a space station and all this stuff, yeah. Um, so, yeah, there there's... There's a lot of references to other things. Um, like I said, I, I think that uh, No More Heroes is a little bit more in your face about it. And, and um, does I, it... Go ahead. I just contest that because I feel like this game was all... like This game does a lot of that. <laughs> it does. It does. I, 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 I guess... Like, it, I, it I will was, say it's, it's to an equal caliber. It, I don't know. The only thing they could have done more in my eye is like... Joe just turned to the camera and just winked at you, pretty much. Yeah, but I mean, I, I feel like we all recognized it in No Bar Heroes, and this game, only half of us did. So that should, to me, that accounts for something. You know? Yeah. Um, well, uh, beyond that, <laughs> um, I guess so, Trevor, did, or you didn't finish the game, but Greg and Dante, you guys did. What were your guys's? What did you guys think about the ending and how it kind of ended on a kind of I don't want to say cliffhanger, but it was like next time on, you know, not even next time on, but it was just kind of like hinting at like, oh well, if the games, it, it almost was like, um, and this is a deep cut, but like when we played uh, Psychonauts, how it was like up oh, gearing up for the next adventure. Like, that's kind of how the game ended. How did you guys feel about that ending? Um. I guess, like, playing it now, it doesn't really have much weight to it because you already kind of know that. But, like, maybe, you know, if I was playing this at the time, uh, it probably would have been pretty cool to be like, oh, okay, well, there's more of this song. But, yeah, I mean, it was kind of like, eh, well, I mean, I, we kind of already knew that. What about you, Dante? Um, no, I don't have anything really to say about it. Like, I don't think this story, per se, was, like, why I was there. So yeah, yeah. there's no way they could have disappointed or i guess super got me excited strictly on a story basis i thought it was really cool that they not realistic probably but like how sylvia was like going along with joe to this movie that she didn't really care about she wanted to i think they said in the movie or she said in the theater i'd rather just make out and have some alone time with you joe and things like that, and then by the end, you know, she had been kidnapped, he saves her, and then she gets a V-Watch, and now she's like, let's go kick some butt. I, I thought that was kind of cool, and definitely kind of felt like a little progressive for the time, where it's just like, oh, like, you wouldn't think a dude uh, like Joe would be uh, down for this, but he seemed, like, really cool about that, and, like, so they were, like, gonna kick butt together, and not like, oh, no, I have to save you, I'm the guy, or anything like that, so I thought that was kind of cool. Um, and, uh, 
personally, uh, I think that I am very interested and I kind of wish I had bid on one of the, the auctions that had both games because I'm, I'm definitely intrigued. It doesn't seem like we're getting a beautiful Joe anytime soon. Um, so I'm definitely intrigued to see what goes on in the second game. Uh, but did this game prompt you guys the ending? Probably not, but just the game itself. Do you guys have any interest in playing a beautiful Joe sequel, the second game? Um, I don't know if I would do it outside of the pike. Somehow doing it. Thanks. The only way you would play beautiful Joe is through a pot. Okay. See, I thought you liked the game. I thought you liked the game. No, it's fun. It's just, I mean, like I said, I've been inside of uh, That's fair. That's fair. I mean, it'd be like that sometimes. Yeah. I have the exact inverse answer. Like I will never vote for it on a podcast list, but I might play it on my own time at some point. Uh, What? I'm curious. What is the reasoning? (laughs) I just don't think it would be an interesting thing to talk about. Okay, that's fair. Um, what about you, Trevor? you have any interest in a The Beautiful Joe sequel? Um, I guess I'll have to find out when I finish Beautiful Joe 1. <laughs> that means you're going to um, replay it? No, that means... He, he, Trevor, does, Trevor would be like, yeah, I'll, I'll finish this game You know, after we're done with this episode. But I bet you've done that like once. To be honest, there's been at least two times I finished two a game. out of how many? <laughs> Man, like that's four probably or five. like you batting like t- no, you probably batting like less than twenty five percent, my dude. <laughs> Reclaiming my time. Reclaiming my time. <laughs> um, so uh, interesting uh, fact. So, you know, I had mentioned to you guys that uh, Platinum Games or the, the the creators of Beautiful Joe, the former Clover Studio team, is now Platinum Games. There's been some noise in the past, I would say, year and some change. I would say, I think March 2020 was some of the first information. And then I think there was another rumbling earlier this year. Um, uh, Kamiya, um, Hideki Kamiya, um, the, 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 the director or uh, one of the developers for the game, is very, very interested in uh, revisiting Beautiful Joe. Uh, I think he really would like to complete the trilogy and come out with a third game. Uh, but right now, I think Capcom owns the rights to Joe, and they have to... He ba- Basically, the ball is in Capcom's court. Um, I'm hoping, at the very least, um, they do the old... Uh, well, well, we'll we'll see how much interest there is, and maybe do some type of remaster for the two games, and hopefully that would convince them that there is interest in a Beautiful Joe uh, three. Um, but I don't know if there's any any plans for now. Um, there was that game Wonderful One Hundred One, which came out I think on the Wii U, and they just did a remaster, just as in like I think within the past year, uh, did a remaster of it on Switch. That was a platinum game, uh, a platinum game joint, and that was a uh, what do they call it? Um, a inspired by uh, the the spiritual successor to Beautiful Joe. Uh, so they kind of got to scratch their itch of having that um, Japanese uh, action uh, superhero style. Um, but I think that one was like, oh, we're going to, you're playing as a horde of enemies. I, I thought about like, after hearing about that game, I was like, let me 
put a pin on this and like make note of this and check it out because that might be going on a future list of mine. But then I watched some gameplay and it kind of it's and it didn't really appeal to me in the way that I wanted it to. Um, have you have you heard of it or have you played it, Dante? Yeah, I've played through Wonderful One Hundred One. How, how do you feel about it? That's probably the closest thing you're going to get to a beautiful joke. I don't know. I just it just I maybe I needed I wasn't watching the right videos or whatever, but like I was even thinking like I don't even I don't know, like I would play it maybe, but I, I wouldn't want to spend what it's what it's is right now to you know it's like It's like it just, Bayonetta with a beautiful Joe aesthetic kind of. Yeah, I I don't know, it's just something about the cell shaded like 2D look of Beautiful Joe that is like really appealing to me. And that that game was very colorful, vibrant, and all that, but it, it just it didn't have the charm to me that Joe Beautiful Joe had, and it looked more like polished, like modern. So like I was wondering, like what is the humor in this game like? And some of the things that I did enjoy about Joe, I don't know if it's in that game. So it's like there are too many things that I want that game to be that I feel like it wouldn't deliver on that I don't want to be disappointed by expecting it to be this thing and it's not, you know. But that was my take on it. Um but yeah, um I think I had I never asked you guys, but uh we've talked about the good. What are some of your nitpicks and I'll and I'll start with you, Trevor. What are some of the things you didn't like about this game? Um there are certain aspects of it that just make it feel really long. Like the the fodder enemies are more annoying than they are like an an object that makes you feel like you're progressing. Mm-hmm. Um Highest of Keys Games that throw enemies at you like this, and I'm not trying to like like the, the, the Ninja Guidance, the, the, the Bayonettas, the um, Metal Gear Rising, it's just kind of like, I know what my fighting style is, like, let's get this over with, and I feel like I end up doing the same thing over and over and over and over again. I, because the the character design was so well done for the bosses, I feel like they should have done a better job at giving you like fodder enemies that better informed you of like what you were about to be up against with the final boss. Like, here, it, it seemed like they were just throwing the same enemies at you, like, regardless of what environment you were in. Um, and then when you get to the final boss, that's when you actually have to employ some kind of strategy. Um, yeah. Or not necessarily strategy, but go in with the game plan, at least. I feel like, I mean, I I think they did introduce maybe one or two new enemy types per level. But I do... I don't disagree with you that I wish they were more themed to the level and not just like, oh, now you're fighting the helicopter guys in the submarine. Oh, now you're fighting the, you know, like I wish it was like more varied. I I, I feel you on that. Anything else? Um, the I know you mentioned the zoom in camera. Yeah, I, I was just about to say that. Um, um, I think that's it. Those are the two big things. Okay. So there's no reason why you don't think that you would finish this game, right? As soon as we finish this episode, you're going to hop on and it's, just go It's ahead just and knock too it out, damn right? long. <laughs> no, I actually, while you were talking, um, I actually made a list of the games that I haven't finished. 
Uh, hang on, I'm at the last few games. So, Evil Within, Doom, Brutal Legend, for obvious reasons. Wait, so you're saying you didn't finish these games? Yeah, these are games I didn't finish. Um, Castlevania, uh, Dishonored, Hitman, Shinmu, and Sekiro. And Beautiful Joe. Advanced Wars. Oh, I forgot about Advanced Wars. You're right. You didn't finish Phoenix, right? Because I don't think you did the last, the fifth. Oh, well, I finished it after. Um, okay. And there were a couple other games that I finished after uh, we recorded. Dead Cells. Did I finish? I guess I didn't. You can finish that game, can't you? Yeah, did you finish the last? Yes, I did. Baba is you? (laughs) I think I finished that one before we recorded. Nice. Okay, you finished more than I thought. I had to prove a point, man. I had to go. You, wait, you finished Kentucky Route Zero? Yeah. It's just the the games uh, I'm, I'm kind of lukewarm on. Gotcha. gotcha. Of course, I All finished right. Raji. <laughs> oh, you already know. <laughs> uh, so those are the, all your nitpicks. Yeah. All right, um, Greg. What about you? What are your your nitpicks? The things you did not like about Beautiful Joe. <clears throat> the only two things I can think of that come to mind is I feel like the camera angle and well, not in general, but for sure in some of the boss fights is a bit too close. So the the attacks that the bosses have a little bit annoying. Um, in combat, it, it does come up a few times, being but yeah, it comes up more. I guess. And outside of that, uh, I felt like sometimes the way the game checkpoints is a bit annoying because you get a big chunk of it, but. At least you don't lose progress you made as yeah. far as like currency. Yeah. But it does suck having to go all the way, you know, especially like during the boss rush. It's yeah. A, well, it, it, well, yeah, I guess you do allows, but I Was never there... want to hear another word about Sekiro not being forgiving. After... <laughs> Man. This game felt more forgiving than Sekiro. Oh, Thank you. Freaking huh? kids or sweet Thank or whatever huh? cherry on top mode that you did. Nah, I, I honestly, I, I don't have the same, I didn't have the same issue that you had, Greg, because I mostly died in, in the game, like, excluding the boss rush mode, I died on bosses for the most part. So, like, I didn't lose progress for the most part. Um, but I, I could see that being frustrating, because that's been frustrating in other games. I'm curious, what bosses were you talking about you wish that, because like, I have an idea of what bosses you're talking about. I'm assuming you're talking about the rhino and the shark bosses. Yep. Well, not the rhino. Well, the rhino wasn't that bad once I kind of figured out how to deal with that, but the shark bosses won. And then, uh, the I'm one where you fight the, 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 the cl- not the clone, but the other Joe. Yeah, that one. Okay. So I told Dante this too. Um, one of the things that I don't think Dante did and I'm guessing you didn't is listen for the audio cues for when you couldn't see things so like with the shark because he's trying to get away from you he there are audio cues that he makes like when he's doing the I'm gonna run away from you and start doing the heavy panting that's when he's getting his health back there's also when like even if you don't see him on the screen doing his chomp attack coming at you you can hear it so if you know in your mind, oh, he's on the right side of the screen, and you still hear that chomping, there's good chance that he's coming towards you. But I know, I, I, I do understand that because the camera is so uh, close up on Joe and the stage is so large, 
that it can be frustrating. So I'm not downplaying that, but I, I do think that like that was one of the things that I had to train myself to do when I was playing some of these bosses was is to use more of the audio cues than I normally would when I'm playing the game, playing a game. Well, for like the the shark boss, yeah, I did pay attention to the audio cues. I think it still messed me up as far as like, there were a few times where I didn't see Mike when he would send out enemies. Uh, sometimes I wouldn't be able. To, um, gotcha. Yeah. Right, like sometimes yeah. the other part okay. of the picture you didn't see it because it was happening off screen. So like, yeah, even if I did know there was like an audio cue, I didn't necessarily have a indication of what that actually physically did to the enemy because i hadn't seen them yeah yeah and i get i get that but like that that's how i learned how to fight that rhino boss that i was telling you about dante because it was just like i know at some point he charges i just can't tell when and then like i'll wait until my turn i'll wait until my turn and then it'd be just like you know i'm just i'm just gonna go fast forward to the other side of the level and sure enough dude just runs at me and i'm like damn i need to like pay attention to what he's doing because i keep getting hit by this attack so let me let me listen to and then once I like okay I'm tired of it's kind of like I was like fighting game this is like a fighting game where it's just like I'm losing to this thing how can I counter this thing and I can't like you know look at the person and say when you do this thing what are you thinking it was just kind of like I keep getting hit by this what can I use that the game is telling me to avoid getting hit by this um, so I definitely took it from like the fighting game approach and I was just like, okay, like I'm going to stay within this range of the shark so I can react to any of any time he wants to throw those fish at me. I can see what fish are coming so I can deal with those. If he starts doing the mine thing, I'm just going to stand right behind a mine and I'm going to try to do my best to stand horizontal to him. So I don't have to deal with that. I know that Dante ran into an issue where he was trying to punch the mines into the shark's mouth. And need to think about trying that. he was getting very frustrated because I don't think the game, which I think Dante's I never strategy, saw the shark just swallow one willy nilly. Yeah. Like Dante's strategy was really good. I had never thought about that and it was very frustrating and I was frustrated for him that that strategy didn't work as eloquently as you would think it did. Um, I'm willing to bet that would be something that they would tweak <laughs> if they ever remastered this game. Um, just, it's one of those cues. It's one of those. I guess maybe it's my fault for thinking Being too, too much as like a game designer person. But like the fact that I could interact with the bombs indicated to me that I needed to interact with the bombs. Yeah. And that you, was you were hundred percent right. Opposite. You were hundred percent right. And like I think the only reason I didn't was because I remember fighting this boss, and I and I remember um, just I. I for whatever reason, I was like, when I saw the shark boss for the first time, I was like, I don't remember his attacks, but I think there's something with the mine, and he has to swallow a mine or eat a mine or something. And then sure enough, I was like, in my mind, in my mind, I'm like, I'm not finna touch one of these mines because I don't want it to blow up. But Dante was like, I'm gonna touch one of these mines. I'm gonna blow this dude up. Until so, they stop working, and then I'm like, well, I guess I'm yeah, just supposed yeah. to avoid them, so I intentionally found spots without mines, which yeah, that yeah. battle takes so, a very long time. If you, yeah, yeah, when you don't you do know. the mines, it takes a long time. So, like, I definitely, like, I was frustrated for Dante because he had a smart solution to the problem but wasn't getting, wasn't getting rewarded for finding that solution because the yeah. game designers didn't intend for you to do it that way. Yeah, if, if I can go ahead and, like, jump into my yeah, yeah, go critique. Ahead. Like, one of my biggest critiques was, like, I like 
what they were trying for all the bosses, but all the bosses, like, as far as what they wanted you to do against them, in my opinion, felt so one note. Like, yeah. when I was going against the um, Magnificent Five or whatever it was, when I was fighting the Rhino boss, like, I've beaten the Rhino boss before. Wait, I'm sorry to cut you off. Mm-hmm. Can you, because we've mentioned it, referenced it a couple times already, can you just explain what the Magnificent Five is for the so people So it's that are the listening? boss rush of this game where you fight four of the five previous main bosses that you've encountered, and then they add a new one on at the very end, which if you don't beat the four, like you have to get through the first four, and then you get checkpointed, otherwise you go back to the very beginning. And the, the, the reason why it's so difficult in comparison to when you fight them earlier is because when you're fighting them earlier in the game, you're fighting them at the end of a level, so you have like really high VFX meter, so you can just like, you have like a, a lot longer time either in, you know to use your abilities but you're only fighting these bosses so you have you know you're the smallest amount of vx meter that you can possibly have and on top of that um they are i don't remember what the story reason is but for whatever reason they're stronger because i think they're made from stone statues or something so they're like uh, statues dedicated to these villains that you have already defeated, so they have like two to three times more health than they did the first time you fought them. So not only are they stronger, but you have less uh, power at your disposal, I guess I would say. So, so go ahead now. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I guess the other point worth mentioning is when you fight them before, since you're at a checkpoint... You essentially have infinite lives to go at them with. Whereas here, if you die, you you typically start with three lives, I think. And yeah. if you lose all three of your lives, you go back to the beginning of the boss rush, which means you have to fight the bat, you have to fight the rhino, you have to fight the shark, you have to fight the clone of yourself or whatever you want to call it. So that just kind of adds to the frustration and amount of time. Um, <laughs> I think for Marcus, it literally doubled your playtime, didn't it? Just yeah, die. yeah. So I think I had a save file where I had died. Uh, they they consider dies when you use all three of your lives, kind of like um, Zelda, I guess. And you can see it on your save file. I think when I started, I had five deaths going into the Magnificent Five, and I think when I finally defeat like one and beat it, I was at seventeen or nineteen or something like that, and. Like, these aren't short runs either. Like, I think every time I played was about 40 minutes to an hour of game time. So every single one of those deaths. So it was like, I I literally, like, there was one Saturday that I I started the Saturday on the Magnificent Five. And I think I I woke up early and I was like, it was like 7.30 or 8.30 or something like that. I was like, I'm just going to play some Beautiful Joe. And... I think I played it for three hours, didn't make any progress, went to go do some other stuff, came back in the afternoon, played for about three, four more hours, didn't do any, didn't make any progress. Uh, like later on that day, I played some more, didn't make any progress. And then that night, uh, I was like 11 p.m. I got back on and I played and I think I finished and beat it at two something in the morning. And so like I had like four two and a half to three hour sessions of playing 
just this one level. And all the time when I wasn't playing, like if I wasn't hanging out with my wife or doing whatever, I was doing reading on like what I was doing wrong. And like, I, like by the end, by the end of the day, I was just like, holy shit, this stuff is so tough. Let me, let me see what the strategy is. Like, cause I was like, I've beaten these bosses before. Like I know how to defeat them, but for whatever reason, the way I'm playing, I'm just like not doing any damage. And that's when I learned the, the, if you zoom in and hold the punch button, you do, I think the move is called red hot 100 or something like that. And that does that and slow down does way more damage than if you zoom in, slow down and just do punch and just keep tapping the punch button for whatever reason. And that is something, uh, so when Trevor was talking about the tutorial earlier today, um, or earlier in this episode, like that was something that I would not have ever known about if I had not read a strategy on this game because at no point was it ever explained. And that was very frustrating. Um, but then from there, I got like the strategy because at that point I could like realistically and consistently beat the first four bosses. It was like that, that, uh, or yeah, it, it was really, uh, just that last boss that I was having issues with, uh, the, well, the last two, I would say, um, and then once I got that strategy and I was like, okay, this is how I do the most amount of damage. Now at this point, it's just, um, it's, it's just not getting hit. And then like, from that point, it became less of like a Sekiro game. And then to me, it was more like punch out where it was just like, I know these, these enemies patterns. Now I know when I can do the most amount of damage. I know if I hit them at this point, I'm going to get this award or whatever, this reward. So like it became more of a punch out for me at the end. So like, even though I was frustrated, it was kind of fun because I was like pattern recognition and, and that's something I do enjoy. See, I thought it was incredibly unfun. Like I was struggling a little bit with those bosses. Like I went in kind of late. I streamed all the game to twitch.tv slash miss checkpoints. And um, got there, spent about 90 minutes the first night kind of just struggling, mostly on the Rhino guy. And then Marcus told me one thing, literally one thing. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm never going to get hit by this guy again. It's so dumb. Like, yep. essentially all you do is he has a sweeping attack where he just essentially does a low attack on Joe and all you got to do is dodge up. If you dodge up exactly three times, not any more, not any less, no indicator whatsoever that, you know, dodging is doing anything to some invisible stagger meter, he will then charge the wall. And once he charges the wall, all you got to do is zoom in, punch, and do that like three times. And literally every boss in the game is like that, where like, I went from, you know, struggling to get to the fourth boss to the very next day beating it on my first try and also realizing I will never lose to these bosses again because they are like, they are so one note and the patterns are so trivial. <laughs> like it just, it almost doesn't make sense how um, they're designed in my opinion, but yeah, it just seems like that's just kind of like old school, like boss. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. It definitely is. I, I, I don't know. Like I didn't really, I did. I didn't like the not being able to save in between and like that part. But I like. I get it. I understand. But it's just like this is not like. I went from being really high on this game to like this. Kind of killed the momentum I had for the game after that. And like that was very disappointing, because I was ready for this to be like 
this is like one of my two, three favorite games we played uh, this year. And like after doing the Magnificent Five and uh, everything, like it, it, don't get me wrong, I enjoyed the pattern recognition of it, but the, the struggle of getting to that point was so frustrating that it like, it, it's not in my top five, you know, like, um, and uh, I did get that enjoyment that probably Dante gets though when I was watching him play because I'm like, I have the answers. I'm not going to, like, tell him, but it's interesting to see how somebody else approaches this thing that I now know how to do and just, you know, being able to be there to provide guidance and, like, kind of like what he did for me with Sekiro, like, being able to do that for him was kind of entertaining slash rewarding, so, like, it was cool to, like, be on the other side of that because normally I'm always the one struggling, so it was nice to see Dante be human for a change. (laughs) So... I normally like games that punish me, and like I don't mind that they were throwing me back. There's just some fundamental things with this game. With like, I really do think sixteen by nine would have helped this game immensely. Hey man, I'll, you I was can gonna, ask for I that on the. Say that earlier. You can ask for that on the remaster. <laughs> I mean, you guys can enjoy the remaster. I but, would. Yeah, it's just. I didn't really enjoy the bosses per se. I enjoyed most of the regular enemies up until um, you got to the guys in the like berets and like the ones that kind of just broke the rules that you had been taught up to that point of like, like oh, oh yeah. you dodge an enemy, they're gonna um, you know stagger or whatever. Oh yeah, you can hit this t- this enemy twice, but then he's gonna go into an invincible roll, and then you have to just wait until he does his thing. Right, or you can- <laughs> you're slow mo attacking somebody, and they're like, "Nah, bro, let me attack you instead." Yeah, without yeah. any like <laughs> any type of um, chance for you to recover, or you know, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, you don't fight too too many of them. It was just kind of frustrating, but overall, I think the game's good. It's just there's a lot of frustrating aspects to me. I, I agree with that. Um, the I guess my nitpicks, uh, kind of what you the magnificent five that like that kind of killed a lot of the momentum I had with this game. Um, I didn't really care for the sub level, just how long it was either. But like that magnificent five, like was just like the the yeah, it just it just killed so much momentum I had and so much enjoyment I had with the game, and it, it also kind of just like I thought artificially lengthened the game for no reason. Cause I was just like, I'm really cool with this game being like a six hour, seven hour game. Uh, you know, like that's, that's completely fine. But I felt like they were like, well, we need to make it a little bit longer to justify the, the, the price point it's at. So let's go ahead and just add this little boss rush mode that we sure is going to give people issues or whatever. Um, I will say that like, I, I don't even feel like I got better at combat or like, the things that you would expect something like that to in, improve on the player, like I didn't get better at combat. It was literally, I got better at fighting against that one boss. And so like kind of echoing what Dante said, like there was such specific ways that you dealt with these bosses that was outside, or like, I shouldn't even say dealt with these bosses, but sp- like once you knew the way to deal with this boss, you were just keep doing that over and over again. And I don't think it really affected or improved how I played the game or approached the game other than that. So that was disappointing. Um, but that's really it. I, I didn't like the I didn't like the ending or I shouldn't say the ending like the last level. I did not enjoy that level either. Um 
especially that beginning part where you're just fighting like an endless amount of enemies and everything that you touch did damage to you. Like, I, I don't know. I, I didn't really care for that. I didn't like that was the one time to me where the camera angle was a problem when you were jumping from those huge heights to do that little ground slam. And like, if you were just a pixel off and you didn't hit the thing just right, or you didn't have enough slowdown meter, then you weren't going to fill up the gauge. And like, so that wasn't fun um, to me. Um, but other than that, I, I did enjoy the game. Um, I even, I don't think I normally do, but I even enjoyed the, the vehicle level in this game. It was like, it took me a little bit to get used to it. Like the one where you're in the six machine. Um, but I even, I did enjoy that level as well. Um, and I do think this will go well. Do you guys have any questions or anything before we close the show out? I like how I said, we're going to have a short episode, and then we had like 45 <laughs> minutes of questions. I don't think I mentioned it earlier, but like that submarine level, when you're trying to escape it, and it's like turning, like you yeah. have to navigate it three times, and I think one time yeah. is, is like, you know, level, and then the second time it's upside down, and the third yep. time it's vertical, mm-hmm. so that was pretty cool to me. Yeah. Okay, one other thing, I guess, or two other things. Did you guys have a favorite and least favorite boss? These are rapid-fire ones, so we can wrap the show up. Did you have a favorite and least favorite boss, Greg? I'm trying to think. Uh, Least favorite boss is the other-looking dude. The purple one or another Joe? Uh, Another Joe. Yeah, that one. Actually, no, the purple dude might be more. Alistair, the Blade Master Alistair? Yeah, that might be a little more. Okay. Um, and favorite one, I'd probably say. So you had man. Dark Fiend, so Charles the Bat, Hulk Davidson is the uh, the ogre or the, the the rhino, Grand Bruce was the shark, uh, another Joe, uh, Blade Master Alistor, uh, whatever, uh, and Fire Leo. Okay, and, Fire Leo, I think that's blue ones. I think. And then the King Blue. Yeah, I, I think Fire Leo. That's probably my, like my favorite one. Probably. What about you, Trevor? Um, I don't think I really had a favorite or least favorite. They were all pretty much about the same, on the same level to me. Okay. What about you, Dante? Guess I go with Alistair for maybe. That felt like the actual like most fight fight. Mm-hmm. Least favorite. And I got some. I don't know. That's a difficult one. Fire Leo. <laughs> He was frustrating for a variety of reasons. Yeah, let's go Fire Leo, fine. Okay. I have, like, a soft spot. Like, you ever, like, you hear a sound, and it, like, completely gives you nostalgia and, like, jogs your memory? That was me when I was playing the mansion level. I think it was the mansion level. And it's the... When you're walk, getting to the, the rhino, and he's like, Davidson is in the house! And, like, that part... It was like, I have not heard that in like 15 years. It jogged so much nostalgia for me. It was crazy because I remember like, th- like, I don't know. It was just something about that sound of him yelling. Like, because he kept yelling his name every time you got to a certain spot on the level. And like, you're doing some platforming and if you fall, then you have to, you know, do it over again. And I kept falling, I, I guess, when I played this game before. So like... Every time you do that second jump, it triggers that that voice line, 
and I must have heard that voice line like 50 times before this year. And so like, it was just like deep within the recesses of my mind. And so when I heard that, I just immediately just had like the, the weirdest like nostalgia. And it was just like, oh my God, I haven't heard this thing in so long. What, you know, <laughs> what the heck? And I, I didn't even know it was a boss or anything, but it was just kind of like when I heard that, I was just like, whoa, that was really weird. Um, but I think my favorite boss was probably the Fire Leo, just because I really liked, uh, I don't know, I really liked the uh, the premise behind it, I guess. Um, and then probably my least favorite fight was the last boss, uh, mostly when you were in that big mode, because I could not figure out how to dodge some of his attacks. Like, I always took damage on specific attacks that he did, and I just couldn't figure out how to avoid them that um, one was pretty frustrating you're talking about the mech part not the yeah i mean both parts part. were annoying because um blue like blue himself started getting faster as you started doing stuff and it kind of i'd say kind of became unreasonable at the very very end there yeah but, it was something to do with when he dropped those satellites down and like or he had to drop something down and it just started like every yeah time i know what you're me. talking about it's like this black satellite thing and then he'll shoot missiles at you mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the thing that i learned is if he drops one of those and you see it on screen you fast forward over to it and destroy and you it try to beat it up if you don't fast forward over to it you're going to get hit by lightning for sure mm-hmm. um then if you don't beat it up within a certain time he's going to shoot those missiles at you and they're probably going to hit you yeah so. <laughs> it's just like it was very frustrating uh so i didn't like that um because I was like, I bowed to myself. I was like, I just beat the Magnificent Five. Damn it, I'm good at this game, which was not true. Um, but I was just like, I'm not f- about to lose on this final boss. Hella times, like I did the Magnificent Five. There's no way. Um, and I think I only died on him like three times. But I was just like, I'm not dying another. I'm not spending another seven hours or ten hours playing this last boss. I refuse. Um, my other question was, what was your favorite and least favorite stage? Again, rapid fire. Uh, I think my favorite stage was probably the one with the buses, um, where you had to do that bus against that law, that that ridiculous jump. I really like that level. Um, and then uh, probably my least favorite level was the sub level. I did also I did really like the vehicle level. Um, I enjoyed that too. Uh, least favorite was and... the vehicle one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually like the sub one. Uh, I think that was probably I, I kind of like the ass like. Having to like, but I like I that part. I just didn't like dealing with the missile. Oh yeah, yeah. and I didn't like. I, I I'm not really a fan of like hurry up and get out of this thing before it explodes. I'm not really a fan of those type of things in games either. So gotcha. like, you had to escape the sub when it was vertical. Did you also not like that train part too? The train before. Yeah, not really. The subway thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, I did mess up on that, and I, like, just straight up, like, I think I had to redo that one once or twice. What about you, Dante? Um, I don't know. I don't really have a favorite, per se. I think the train was a little bit frustrating with the time limit, but, I mean, all considered, like, I'd rather redo that little three-minute segment or whatever it was for 15-minute segments I had to redo. Yeah. I did think the vehicle sequences were done pretty good. Like, I enjoyed flying the six machine. Mm-hmm. What about you, Trevor? Um, yeah, I think I mentioned my favorite one was the submarine level, and probably mm-hmm. my least favorite, like Greg, was the, um, 
the what you call it. Um, the, the six machine level, the flying yeah, level? I'm really glad they only put one of those in there. Unless there's one after... No, there's okay. not. There's not. And yeah. Um, all right. Well, that will wrap it up. Um, Greg, great game, great experience? Um, I'll say good game. Okay, okay. Um, Trevor, great game, great experience? I'll say good game, fun experience. Oh, and uh, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Greg, you said would, you would be interested in playing Beautiful Joe 2, but only if it was through the podcast? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm probably not going to get it with it. What if they did, like, okay, we're going to put out Beautiful Joe 2 remaster, and we've announced Beautiful Joe 3. Would you... Okay, yeah, maybe I'll do it then. Okay, what about you, Trevor? I know you said you haven't finished Beautiful Joe 1, so you don't want to see how it ends, but... Would you play Beautiful Joe 2 just if nothing happened? And then would you play Beautiful Joe 2 if you knew a third one was coming out? Um, you, you're saying if 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 I finish Beautiful Joe 1 and it doesn't change my opinion of it, would I want to play it? Play uh, Beautiful Joe 2? Yeah, yeah. How long is it? <laughs> Honestly, I think they're the same length. I think it just depends on how good you are at the game. Like, is which... the... You know, is the experience going to be pretty much the same, or do they add um, more mechanics to it? I, 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 from what I've read, I haven't done a whole lot of reading on the sequel, but like they fine tune, excuse me, some of the um, aspects of the game. I don't know if um, like the camera issues or anything like that gets addressed, but um, some things are different. I can't tell you what though. Yeah, that would be my only um, condition. What if, what if they announced the uh, uh, the third game? Would you be more inclined, or you'd still? Um, I'd probably check out the third game over the second game, just because I'm sure they've modernized some of the controls and. Sure, yeah. sure. All right. Uh, what about you, Dante? Great game, great experience. It's a good game, good experience. And so you said you would have interest in playing Beautiful Joe 2, but on your own time. Is that something that you'll do, or is it just something you would think about? Um, that's a good question. I mean, it's been sitting on my shelf for at least a decade now. But that's not to say that I wouldn't get around to it. Um, would I be likely to play a Beautiful Joe 3? I think I'd be much more like... I'd play Beautiful Joe 2 before 3 if a 3 ever did happen. But I do mm-hmm. have confidence that... Platinum has become a much better team 2003 Fair. or whenever this came out. Yeah. So I think they would address probably most of my complaints. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I'm wondering if this would be very similar to like the No More Heroes, where it's like if No More Heroes 3 wasn't coming out or hadn't come out, I'd be less interested in 2. But now that it has, I'm like, okay, I want to eventually get to 3, so I need to see what's up with 2. That, that's how I feel about it. So, like, I, I think I was the... I do like Beautiful Joe, this this first game. So, I think that I'm, I'm... Like I said, I'm kicking myself for having only bought the first game and not gotten the second one as well. Because there like there are enough bundles uh, of the, the games on eBay. Um, so, I'll just have to pick up the second game and hope that they come out with... They announce the trilogy, or, you know, the third game. Um, and obviously for me, I would say this is a great game and pretty good experience. Again, um, my only, 
I didn't really care for the last level, and I, uh, like I said, the Magnificent Five kind of soured my experience with the game, because otherwise I would really, really enjoy this game. Um, and I I will say, um, you know, obviously I'm a, I'm a huge Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3 fan, and uh, Beautiful Joe was in Marvel vs. Capcom 3 and uh, Tatsunoku vs. Capcom. I did not play that, but he, like... I every time we play a game that has a character from Marvel vs. Capcom, or every time I do, I'm amazed by how well they translate the character to that game. Every single time, um, he has the shocking pink, the bombs. He has the boomerang. Uh, you do it the same exact way where you hold the button. Uh, his animation. He has his slide. He has his uh, upper. He has sex machine like like or the sex machine like he has like all of that stuff uh he has this he literally has like you guys were talking about him not having range on his attacks he literally doesn't have range on his attacks in marvelous capcom 3 because everybody else is so much lankier and like their normal size and he's like his weird awkward proportion proportion self but um i just like he was always a character that I was interested in playing in the game. I just never picked him up because he was such a niche character and he didn't fit with the characters that I really enjoyed playing. But um, I think that they did a really good job of recreating him and I just felt like it was, you know, worth shouting out. They did a a great job. So, um, yeah. Uh, Where can people find you at, Greg? You can find me on Twitter at BoomboxHero whenever I decide to finally... All right. Where can people find you at, Trevor? You can find me on the internet at Lyricunsung. Well, where can people find you at, Dante? People can find me at twitch.tv slash awakencloud or potentially streaming on Miss Checkpoint's Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Checkpoints. occasionally. Without saying the game, do you intend to stream our next month's game? Um, I have started streaming that. That one I'm doing on my channel right now. But okay. um, I have been streaming. Okay, I will have to check it out. I need to start it this weekend. I'm looking forward S- to it. Since we're already in the game's month, can we go ahead and say what our next lineup is? I don't think we formally mm, announced it, have we? Do we want to... So we had some other plans. Trevor, do you... Uh, are we any closer to those things happening? I uh, don't believe so. I've got to send you some stuff to get your feedback on before we um, reveal it. All right. Well, we can we can go ahead and say it. If you want to say it, Dante, you can. Well, now I'm confused because. Oh well, we were we were going to unveil it with some other unveilings, but. All right. Well, been... we can we can unveil that stuff later. We can unveil the games now. Um, yeah, yeah. You yeah. probably know the game list better than I do. I just know our immediate future (laughs) so for september this is dante's game and we will be playing trauma team um for october it is greg's game and we'll be playing resident evil hd remake spooky game uh for trevor's game for november we will be playing no straight roads um, and to close out the year, uh, we'll be playing my game, Thumper. In December. Um, I do owe you guys a... Uh, I've been slacking. I do owe you guys a game for um, a bonus podcast, because we've only done two this year. 
So I had a couple in mind um, I was going to throw to you guys, and I just kept putting it off and forgetting about it. Um, but I will try to... Um, I had a, I had a plan or an idea, but it just depended if you guys were down or not. So we can talk about that offline. But um, yeah, be on the lookout. So Dante will be streaming Trauma Team. He sounds like he said he's been streaming it on his. He may stream it on the Mits, the Mits Checkpoints uh, Twitch page. So be on the lookout for that. And maybe you'll see one, two, or a few of us in the the chat. Because uh, I might be I, I might be creeping on him, seeing seeing uh. It's getting some 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 secret trauma team tech. So, um, yeah, and you can find me on Facebook and Twitter at Potato Salad. Um, uh, if you like tuning into Miss Checkpoints and find about hidden gems called classics, indie games, and share us with your friends, family, and the not shitty subreddit communities you're in, comment on our Facebook page, add us on Twitter, leave us a review, preferably five stars on Apple Podcasts, so we can appear higher in the leisure category. Um, you guys have anything else? All right, with that, we're out. Attention to go, go, baby.